Yesterday, we had three men ordained for our diocese as priests. One of them, Father Nicholas Shear, is celebrating his first Mass this morning over at St. Veronica's. Two of the other men, uh, Father Michael Fulmer and Father Christopher Tipton, are both from Holy Spirit Parish in Annandale, and they are celebrating two separate Masses there this morning. So please uh, keep them in your prayers. It's a very joyful weekend for our, our diocese to have three new men as priests. Uh, one of them, Father Nicholas Shear, uh, his brother also is a, a priest over at uh, St. Timothy's. Yesterday I was at the e- evening party and somebody presented them both with matching black shirts with white lettering that said, I'm the other Father Shear. So please uh, keep our newly ordained priests in your prayers. Now going from something light and joyful, uh, we need to talk about a reality this morning that is, um, is rather serious, and that is the, the presence of evil, of Satan, as a personal reality. The, the angels who rebelled against God are intelligent spirits that are far more intelligent than us, and they are plotting our room thank God that uh, they are on a chain and they are limited how far they can go. But both of our readings uh, warrant a discussion on Satan and evil this morning. In the first reading, we saw the serpent, who is Satan himself, who led Eve and Adam into that, his rebellion really against God. And wasn't really seeking their best interests. Oh, you'll have this knowledge from God. You'll have this knowledge apart from God that will make you like God. But that was just a ruse. His desire is to destroy the human race because of envy. He's envious that we have the opportunity to take the place that he and all the other angels that followed him in his rebellion lost at the beginning of time. Notice this last uh, phrase or, or words of the first reading. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will strike at your head while you strike at his heel. The early Christian writers and those who reflected on the, on the, the word of God saw in this what they called the proto-evangelium the first announcement of the gospel, that this contention between Satan and his offspring, and we'll need to talk about that in a moment, and between the woman and her offspring would come to a head in Christ, and that the ultimate crushing of Satan's head would be in his death and resurrection. Okay, we can understand the offspring or the progeny of the woman, meaning the human race, but it's a little bit more difficult because angels don't have baby angels that grow up and they are non-material beings. But to be an offspring of the evil one is one who lives in sin, who rebels against God, enters into Satan's rebellion. We by our baptism, were purchased back for God. So we see that announcement in the first reading, and then we see the beginning of the crushing of the head of Satan 
in Mark's gospel this morning. Jesus uses a very interesting parable. He talks about himself being one who's going to plunder. Jesus comes into the house, binds up Satan, the strong man, so that he can plunder his goods, his treasures, which Satan has robbed from God or has taken possession of. This is ultimately the human race. So it's kind of a counterintuitive image. We think of somebody coming into the house doing violence as somebody who's bad, but here Jesus uses that as a sign of Jesus is going back in and taking from Satan what rightfully belongs to God. This is the reason for the exorcisms of Jesus, that they are signs pointing to his kingdom breaking into the world. Jesus is coming to reclaim that territory that belonged to the Father, that Satan had robbed from him. Now, lest we think it's just something of the past, it's important for us to also see how Satan is still working today to try and undermine God's kingdom and to try and undermine our salvation. At each and every age, he takes on a different tactic. Usually they're mixed. Some ages, he wants people to think that he doesn't exist. Think about the enlightenment and the philosophies that flowed out from that. How, oh, Satan's something of the past. That was something simply of superstition or of psychology. We can explain it all away by the different aberrations that might be happening in the psyche. That's when he can work in a very powerful way because it's undercover. We don't recognize the enemy. What we're seeing nowadays, if you talk to priests, exorcists, um, is a coming back of a more... Uh, blatantly um, actually observable way in which he's acting in society. We'll talk about some of the ways that that's happening. And that also works for, they work in tandem. If he gets people to first not believe in him, then his activity can be greater. But once people have driven out or rejected the idea of God and of the spiritual, then he comes back and he seeks to work in a way that brings a curiosity for the spiritual because nature abhors a vacuum. And if we reject the spiritual, we don't believe in it, we're not satisfied. And if we think we've understood God and that that doesn't work, then we're going to look for uh, spiritual experiences. So some things that people unwittingly or unknowingly, they end up allowing or inviting an evil presence into their lives, they think through some things that are harmless. We need to mention this because maybe you've known people or maybe at a past point in your life, you thought about it or dabbled in some of these things. Um, tarot cards are ways for the, the enemy to get a hold in someone's life. The game Dungeons and Dragons is another one. Um, the Ouija board. These are all things that if you talk to priests who are involved in deliverance ministry, they'll tell you those are inlets for Satan to get a hold in somebody's life. Doesn't mean the person's gonna be possessed, but it means that he can start working havoc in that person's life. Other ways that are um, um, perhaps less, um, well, palm reading, people trying to conjure up or speak to people who have died, 
through uh, seances and other, um, other mediums. These are all ways that are uh, very um, well documented amongst uh, exorcists and those in the deliverance ministry. Other ways, though, that evil spirits can get a hold in our lives and, and, and wreak havoc in our emotions are through unforgiveness, uh, anger, hatred, rage. These, um, while they can be human um, emotions, negative things, they also are entry points for the evil one to have a hold on us. Imagine our spiritual life like an armor. Uh, there can be chinks in that armor. There can be opening places. And if, if we're unforgiving, if we are deeply envious, if we are um, caught up with the things of this world, those are little holes in our armor that the enemy will exploit. Uh, he knows what is our predominant fault or our predominant faults. And he tries to use that against us. So one very powerful way to counter this is to ask the Lord, reveal to me, please, Lord, where I, um, what is my predominant vice or what is my, my predominant fault so that I can, with your grace, work on that opposite virtue. We don't need to be afraid of Satan in the sense of cowering or um, trying to, or, or just like afraid that he might take over in our lives if we're staying close to the sacraments. You know, signs that, that somebody is going astray and that if they keep going in that way, they will be opened up is if somebody stops regularly attending confession. The church requires that we go only once a year, but for the spiritual health of our soul, we need to go more frequently. If somebody starts dropping off their practice of daily prayer, Certainly, if they're not going to Mass every Sunday, you know, if they, if they, go, if they then come back and receive communion in that state of, of a serious sin, uh, that creates a sacrilege then. So these are things we need to be aware of that they seem small, and yet the devil uh, uses them, exploits them to wreak havoc in our lives. One last area that I'll mention, uh, and we're we need to be aware of this as well, is that um, any way in which we seek to get, um, it's the original sin, we seek to become gods ourselves, to live as though God didn't matter, is entering into Satan's rebellion. So the, the, the temptation of our, our age is that we are self-sufficient. Our, our technology, our advances in medicine and in science have created a new tower of battle where we, this has become for us a God. God forbid that this should all have to come crumbling down for us to rediscover our necessity and our need for God in our lives. So in our own lives, if we can in some way detach ourselves, remind ourselves, even though we have our phones, even though we have the medicine, the science events, that in reality, we are so weak, we are so dependent ultimately on God. This is important for us. Satan is like a dog on a chain. We can sometimes be tempted to think, oh, it's a nice dog, let me go pat him on the head, let me go play with him. 
He's a dog who's going to bite and he's not going to let go. Stay outside his perimeter in which he can attack you and you will be safe by staying close to the Lord. But if you enter within that circle, don't think that you can necessarily get away. God is stronger. His angels are stronger than Satan and his minions. And yet, God will assist us and aid us only if we stay within his cover, the shadow of his wings. The last thing I wish to end with is that uh, really a, a plea that you pray for your priests. Pray for the new priests who were ordained yesterday. Pray for us who've been around for a little bit and for those who've been around for even longer because Satan sees us. He knows that we have been placed unworthy of what we are in places of leadership and so he targets us. You know, we've all had thoughts, feelings where we're like, I don't like that negative feeling, that thought. I want to get rid of it, but we sometimes can't. Sometimes it may be because we've been deeply hurt or there's something in our lives. But Satan also can feed us thoughts like advertisements. We need to know how to turn those off. And he certainly bombards priests as well. So your prayers, cover us with your prayers as we seek to cover you with the blood of Christ.